I smoked the toad. And um, the toad was so interesting because I understand the process of dying. Yeah. And when you take the toad, you go through that process. And when you come back from that, I guess, the closest process you've been with dying, you realize that um, you start crying because this is a downer. Life mm. is a downer. <laughs> yeah. Ooh. Wow. Mike. You didn't feel that before. That huh? was dark. You just yeah, went yeah. deep dark on yeah, that. Yeah, that was Schedule 35 is a Canadian-based startup that ships across Canada and the United States whose mission is to educate and enrich lives with a deeper meaning and a better sense of self through microdose and psilocybin products. Schedule 35 is the first nationwide trusted brand that makes microdosing accessible and simple to do. Schedule 35 provides a large amount and range of resources to help customers learn and understand the effects of this plant medicine. Through this approach, Schedule 35 has garnered a powerful online social media presence working with many top celebrities, influencers, and creative all across Canada and the United States, along with notable mentions in publications. Schedule 35 is the most trusted and popular microdosing source in North America. An emerging market and movement around psilocybin has proven to help with mental health, PTSD, anxiety, depression. Studies have shown that psilocybin works to create new neural networks in the brain which help boost focus and creativity, mood enhancement, and help fight addiction. Baby, that's me. All products come with a guy that makes microdosing easy to understand. All customers will need to be age verified. Once age verified, they will receive an invite code. For all their products and to get an invite code, visit www www.schedule35.co Get 15% off with code HOTBOXING at schedule35.co Again, that's 15% off at schedule35.co and use the code HOTBOXING Start living a life with deeper meaning, more joy, and self-understanding Today, baby, it's all today What's good, everybody? Welcome back to Hot Boxing. I'm Bash. And I'm Mike Tyson. And we got... Hey! Angie Martinez. So let's do this. In the box. In the building. In the building. How you doing, sister? I'm amazing. Hello. Hello. It's good I have to, to agree. Good to meet you. Good to see you. Thank you. Anytime I get to be in Mike's presence, it's like a good day. Yeah. Like, Ball of energy. For real. I love you, Mike. You know Thank that. You. Thank you very much. We wanted to know, let's say, what part of Brooklyn you grew up in? Oh, man. Well, I guess you've been around. Yes, I. Well, my family is from up from Washington Heights in the Bronx, right? So me and my mother went when I was eight years old. We moved to this tiny little, like four block uh, area in Brooklyn called Beach Haven, which is right outside of Coney Island. Yes. So, like last stop on the F train all the way deep in Coney Island. It's I mean, very in, uh, deep. Brooklyn. Yeah. And it's then, very deep um, yeah, and I lived there till I was 16, 17. So that's where I, you know I went to Dewey. I went to. Um, where did you go? I didn't go to school. I robbed oh. people. Oh, I, <laughs> I, didn't go to I do know that. I do know that no, about I you, Mike. I didn't go to school. I went straight to the bank. <laughs> <laughs> we never, at the, we're never ever. But at some point, you went to school. You went to elementary school. Um. Well, I went to school. I stayed in the principal's office. Mm -hmm. So I basically left school. Only came to school to eat lunch, and then I left again, pickpockets and robbing houses. That's what it was like. That's what my life was like. <laughs> I had a different life, a little I, bit. Well, listen, <laughs> I, I didn't want to stay on the fence. And then you found boxing? Yeah, when I was 12. 
So wow. I had a great criminal career until I was 12. And that's when it all fell apart? Yeah. <laughs> I, love my, I love my street rap at 12. <laughs> well, speaking of uh, uh, at that age, at 16, that's when you got into radio, right? Is that correct? Yes. Yeah, so I was... Fuck, I could curse, right? Yeah. Oh, I'm curse. So I was fucking up in school, and I was, you know, I wasn't robbing or pickpocketing people, but I was definitely not going to school. I was definitely going to parties in Bushwick and mm -hmm. whatever. House parties, House hooky parties, parties, hooky they, parties yeah. smoking weed. Like, I just doing all the wrong things. Mm -hmm. And playing handball. I'd be mean, at the school, outside playing handball. I'm not going, going in the inside school. the school. The same way. I'm out school. school playing games and stuff. Um, yeah. Scully or whatever. Then I go in and eat lunch. Scully, I was nice I at school. Get out of here. Of course How I was. I would have look? scratches on my face. How did your top look? Oh, I don't... I, oh, we would do the wax. I yeah, I had the baddest the wax. wax and since I had colors. Yeah. I put the... Oh, man. That was so long ago. Foom. What was the last time you played? We should have did that oh, today. Oh, God. I break my back. Then did that. Anyway, so I was, you know, they finally called the school. I went to Dewey in Brooklyn, and they were like, "She, we, we got, she's not gonna make it. Like next, we don't want her back." Oh yeah, they sure knew what she. And so my about. mother, you know, she's a single mom trying to. We're in the little, and it's a one bedroom apartment, but barely. It was like a studio apartment in mm -hmm. Brooklyn, me and her. And she came home from work one day early because the school call, and I was in the house drinking forty ounces of old English with like twenty friends and spoke away. She was like. You're going to Florida with your aunt. So I went to Florida. Wow. And when I was there, I, um, I you know, I was bored. Yeah. So I got a job. I got an internship at the radio station. And then that was it for me. So 16 to 18, I was in, my, in Miami. Then I moved back to New York at 18, and I started at Hot 97 as an intern. Yeah, I remember that. And I, I grew up there. So that was my college. That was my, you know, I grew up on, literally I grew up at the radio station and then on the radio. Yeah, I mean, you are the voice of New York. I mean, So the crazy thing is when people come to me, yo, I grew up on you. And yeah. I'm like, bitch, you are, you are older than me. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean? You grew up on me. Don't disrespect me. Like, I'm yeah. your old elder. You're yeah. my elder. You got to check them real quick. <laughs> Let them know what's up. Let them know what's up. But people did grow up with me, so they feel like, you know what I mean? They said, hey, my grandfather loved you and every time when he yeah. got four o'clock in the morning, Israel, we're looking you, right? for you, yeah. <laughs> I said, no, you, we watch your fight at 4 o'clock in Israel. Your fight is like <laughs> 3 in the morning. <laughs> well, well, it's amazing, honestly. And also, you being in the Radio Hall of Fame, I mean... Wow, how, congratulations. You want to talk about that, like, like that? Like that accomplishment, how does that feel? You know what's weird? I wonder this about you, Mike, because my whole career, I never really cared about awards. I almost don't like them, because I don't like giving a speech. I get embarrassed. Mm, go ahead. I just feel like people... I'm, I look at the room normally. If I'm getting an award, I'm looking around, and it's like, I don't know who these people are. Mm. I don't feel... Con you know, I love people who rock with I'm me. Not, I'm the same way, but... People who really listen I to me, really know me. I love y'all. Appreciate you. But when I'm in a room full of, like, strangers, and they're giving me an award, it just feels weird. Why can't white... Ooh, baby, just like you, but that's a form of... That's a that? form of uh, us not liking ourselves that much. You think so? Absolutely. I not, don't not, think so. Not, no, listen, not one to accept all our awards that we deserve. Awards is putting in that hard work. I used to break all my awards, too. Then um, I found out the awards for putting in all that hard work. 
You yeah, it is, but like, so what does it no. mean if you don't get the award? You're not good enough? No, So no. it's like the award can't validate you because... No, it can't validate, but when you win the award, you should respect the award. I used to break on my awards, too. I was I'm the learning same way. that now. I'm learning that now. So the Hall of Fame came around, mm -hmm. and the first time they they put me in, you had, they have the people have to yeah. vote, mm -hmm. and then and they didn't, and it was like everybody was campaigning for all these people. I was like, I'm not doing that shit. I'm not campaigning, and then so I, I've never got in. Many mm. years, I didn't get in. Then I went to this school... For broadcasting, it was a lot of like little, you know, brown and black kids in the class. They were all happy to see me. We had great conversation. I love to see people want to come up trying to do what I do. It's dope. Mm -hmm. Then I looked at the wall and they had the Hall of Fame people on the wall. Mm -hmm. And it was like, you know, Bob Hope and or like all these, not a lot of, you know, no diversity. There was a lot of women on there. And I just realized in that moment, like, I want I need to be on that wall. Mm -hmm. Because Listen. it's not only for us when you get something, it's, exactly. it's what it represents also to other people. And it's and so that exactly. changed. Because we're not going to be here long. And then there's that. We could talk about the, ooh, I got a conversation for you about that. Yeah. But um, anyway, so in that moment, I was like, you know what? Me, me accepting the award is not just about me. It's about no, what I represent. About it's about what At I represent. It's, what about, it's about the people that, and it's, you know, and so I do. Now I've, I've learned mm. now. And the Hall of too. Fame was the first real moment where I was like, this is dope. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like, this, and, and when people say it, oh, this is Angie Martinez from the Radio Hall of Fame, I'm like, that sounds cool. Like, yeah. <laughs> I like that. You know what I'm saying? Know, I don't know. Never analyze your blessings. Yeah. You're, you're right. Yeah. But like you said, we're not going to be here soon. I mean, forever. No. None like, of us are here forever. Your legacy's well, going to last well, Listen. You know, I, in some aspects, you are because you accepting that award mm -hmm. is immortality. Mm hmm. Is it, though? Yeah. It is, yeah. Think about all the dope people that we know that have passed. Yeah. And they get like two or three weeks on Instagram. Yeah. Of, I love this person, I miss this person, this person was great. And then it's like, every and life goes on. Life has to go on. Of course it and does. And us to prosper. So, I don't know, I think about that a lot. Like, what is the purpose of us being here? What, you know? Really? Of course I think about that a lot. I just, you know what's the purpose? I just launched to, a whole podcast for you to, about it. For you to inspire people to be on that fucking wall, too. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah, you're right. No, no, no. No, this is no, thing, and, I'm and I don't want me to sound no, no, no. ungrateful. I no, totally that's grateful. what it is. Yeah. You know, it's hard for us to be grateful because we don't have the, um, I don't know. We don't, some people, um, some people don't believe they deserve it. Um, what is that called? They're survivor's home? guilt. Oh, yeah, survivor's guilt? You think they're, okay. Maybe. I just think it's like humbleness, right? Like, nah, humbleness is not taking yourself serious. You can be a jerk and be humble, but just the fact of your own um, self-reflection, um, what you think about yourself. Mm. Um, now I think I deserve everything. I haven't been given enough. Mm. Talk your shit, Mike. No, no, really. Yeah. But before I thought, no, I, I thought that was humbleness too. But that was yeah. stupid pity. Yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. I get that. Yeah, I get that. Ain't nothing wrong being humble though. Like I know, but we're not born to be humble. We're born to be humbled. Mm. That's the only purpose. You think we want to be humble? Human beings don't want to be humble. You think humble is the same thing as, uh, or, or not being humble is the same thing as like ego? Because, like. I don't know, I was talking, I just... We're nothing compared to our ego. I don't, if somebody tells you handle your ego, your ego's not your friend and all that stuff, what you gonna do about it? What are you gonna do about that. your ego right now? What are you gonna do about it? Yeah. Put are it you, in check when it needs to be in check. Are you gonna put them on... What, what are you gonna do, man? You gonna ground them? 
Yes, it was in my NFL. If I do something whack and it's based because of my ego, if I do something and I'm like, yo, that was whack, I did that, I have to put, I have to check myself. Oh, so you got to blame your ego because of your fault. My ego would be my fault. It would uh, be See, now that's you. Oh, your, your ego is a whole different person. It's like a whole different... My ego told me this. I gave you everything you asked for. And you're going <laughs> to believe those people? They're going to tell you this and you're going to say, fuck me now? I gave you everything you asked for. Well, Behind closed a, doors when you don't you show your ego. You've had a different type of life. And you've had different types. You, you can't get in the ring with somebody the way you have all those years without some type of yeah. well, you can't ego. Get, well, you or, can't, well, you can't get in front of a mic sometimes when you're in a crowd of 200,000 people and stuff. Unless you have an ego. That's why I'm the voice in New York. My voice mm-hmm. is the best fucking voice New York ever had. Talk mm-hmm. that shit, Mike. No, mm-hmm. that's that is inside of you. You talk it. I want to. I, I really know. do. It's inside me. It's inside <laughs> it really is inside me. Ain't no Latin bitch ever did no shit you did. Talk, please uh, talk all that please. shit. Oh, don't let me start this Please talk all that shit, Mike. Nah, please. I don't want to do this to myself. <laughs> <laughs> I don't want, no, I don't want, I want women leave. Hey, you it's saying bitches. I yes, often listen, wish I had a hype person. I don't have. No, hey, listen. Every Jesus had everyone has a hype person. Mm-hmm. I need one. I would love to have Mike Tyson to be oh, my please. personal hype man. Best hype man of all time. <laughs> Best I'm man, you. hype man of all time. No, nah, but I'm proud of my. I'm not when I. I'm humble because I know that it takes a lot. But I'm proud. I'm not. Look, I don't. I know my worth. I'm. Yeah. I, I definitely am proud of my accomplishments. I um. You know. But sometimes don't you sit around? I'm talking about. Forget this. I'm talking about in the room by yourself, eating some popcorn, just chilling out, looking at the television. And he said, wow, I've came a long way. Right? Yes. Think of my mom, my grandmoms. Yeah, for sure. I don't know if I eat popcorn while I'm doing it. Whatever you're doing. You know what I'm saying? Like you know, maybe a red that, glass of red. That, you get that moment. Uh, Ooh, who the fuck Hennessy. am I? Little little hand on the rocks. On the rocks are straight. (laughs) I do it a little bit ginger ale. Little ginger ale, you know, a little lighten it up a little bit. I used to drink all that stuff, and this is. I used to you know, you, I don't know for that. sure, but I, you on brown liquor to me, I don't know. Oh, man. <laughs> I don't know about, if I want that. Every, every yeah, time I drink, I'm so allergic to it. Every time I drink, um, I break out in handcuffs. I'm always arrested. <laughs> so, oh, so that's lost. why, is that why you only, you only do the shrooms and smoke? Oh, yeah, that's only shrooms, man. I'm so scared. Of, I'm fascinated by this because people talk, I hear people talking about it, but I'm, I'm oh, too scared. Shroom? Yeah, I'm too scared. I'm a scared cat, that type oh, of shit. No, nah, you're not scared. You're not scared. I am. Yeah, because it's, it's in us all. You think God will make something to hurt you? Because comes you think from God hurt. I don't you think he suffer? makes things to intentionally hurt people. No, God but... made it. Everything that happened has been written already. What you scared about? Everything that's happened has been written. If you're going to die, it's been written. So you're not scared of nothing? I'm not saying I'm not scared of anything, but I don't clean the what life. What is Mike Tyson scared of? My wife. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, Smart man right there. <laughs> but am I afraid of death? Not a little bit. Really? Yeah. So, you know, I just launched this podcast, and my first episode is called We're All Gonna Die. Yeah. And I talked to Lauren London about the fact that she just went through this trauma, and, you know, and she watched Nipsey transition and how she talked to her kids about that. And she's, you know, she's doing great. And But it was an ill... She's not afraid of death either. She's like... Well, went to seminars. That's what about. they say. Well, if you have to go to seminars, that means you have a little appetite. When she was younger, she did. When she was younger, she did. She was interested to know, like, how to handle it. I just think life is just a beautiful process of dying. And um, we, have, we should never be afraid of life because God put us in this place not to be afraid. Mm. There's no such thing as suffering. Only self-suffering. Only people cause that among themselves. 
And um, I think the world is beautiful to do what you want. We don't know how old, we don't know nothing about ourselves. People said we're 365 days a year, we're one year old. We know nothing about ourselves, not much of anything. But we claim that we do, and we're philosophers, and we got these papers, but we know nothing about us, who we are as human beings. That we just, who's my million or two million year old grandmother? Mm-hmm. We don't know nothing. Who are you? No, but really, who are we? You don't know nothing about me. <laughs> That's death, not knowing nothing. You don't know nothing? You know things about yourself. No, what do I know? Only thing I know is what someone told me. It taught me in books uh, to explain to me. Not knowing that it's truth and even following those methods, I became successful, but not meaning that they're true for what they what they're meant. Other people heard those words mm. and they weren't successful as you. They heard the same words you heard and they... And, you yeah, can. but don't you learn some things just from feeling or from experience or from... You must have learned some shit because you managed to keep a wife and a family and a, keep a... You, you a know well, some in order, things. In order for me to be able to do that stuff, I had to lose so much. Mm. Mm. Right? And even more, more concerning, not concerning, but more comforting, I lost it with her. Mm. 13 years. Mm. I think that's probably just the beautiful thing of life, right? It's about kind of like give and take. It's kind of like a process. Life Circles, is about circle. dying before you die. Yeah. No, I don't believe that. <laughs> yes, it is. Yes, but it I is. I will tell you this crazy story. That's because, I, yeah. like I said, I just launched this podcast, and one of the moments that I had that made me want to do it is because mm-hmm. I watched my grandmother die. Right, so I, not too long ago, a couple of years, I went to the hospital. Have you ever been in the hospital? I with saw somebody? my friend last week take his last breath. <gasps> Was that the first time for you? Well, legally, yeah. Oh, my God, Mike. <laughs> let me tell you. Let me just talk about my grandmother for yeah, a second. Let's go back. Let's go back. Let's go to your grandmother. grandmother. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, so she, my grandmother used to always be a stressed out lady. Like, if I told uh, her I was coming into her house at five, and then I call, like, you know what? I'm going to come at eight. She'd be like, oh, yeah, everything, everything's stressed out. And I used to be like, calm down. Like, mm-hmm. she used to, her face was always like, she always had the wrinkles right here. I used to go like this and spread it for her. And then when she died, I was sitting in the hospital looking at her. She freshly just died. Mm-hmm. She looked 20 years younger. Oh. Her skin, her muscles, everything. She looked Do so peaceful. Do you understand peaceful. that process? And so then I said to my, I was looking at my grandmother and I thought to myself, I don't want to die mm. to find that type of peace. Mm. I want to find that type of peace while I'm here. Wow. Like, that's my new goal in life. I don't know if I'll get it or find it, but it's my new goal in life. To find peace. To find yeah. that type of peace that I'm looking at my grandmother. She finally got it. This hey, little poor stressed out lady. Suppose this. Suppose you can't, can't find it unless you go through that period. How about that? I hope not. No, see, in your mind, you said you're going to find it, so you're going to find it because that's what you it. believe. Mm-hmm. But if you believe that you're only going to find it when you hit the, that, that position, that's good too. It's all about what you believe, and that's who you are, yeah. what you believe. Mm. I believe even if I don't find it all the way, that there are improvements that could be made to a more kind of like peaceful life you're gonna, you're, you're while gonna know, I'm here. You're gonna know just as much about life when you died than you did when you were born. Well, what do you think happens when you die? When we die? Yeah. I believe we, we thought that's the moment we we're born. And But what happens? So what do you, like, what, what do you see? Your soul, like, what, yeah, what do you? What do you think your soul is? I was there's just what the soul weighed two point three grams. They um, they took researches where they would weigh people right before they die, and I believe it's two point one gram. Every time that's everyone, they're two point one grams lighter. 
And they were well, they were equivalent to a soul, but I can't. You can't equate with a soul. But it's something you read. You don't know if it is true. Yeah, I don't know if it's true. It sounds good. But in your mind, in your mic mind. Like, are you smoking weed? Are mm. you, like, somewhere floating in a cloud? Like, you don't know, right? I said, we're not going to know much about death as we do about life. What do we know about life? It <laughs> goes back to that. Yeah. We don't know shit. Yeah. Know shit. All experience, all about experience. No, no, nobody knows shit. shit. No one knows. Anyway. Anyway, what? I don't know. Nah, yes, for your show, you should know more. Answer more questions. I do know more. You want me to interview? I'll take this shit over. I will take this whole shit over. Come on, let's do it. Well, what made you want to do this podcast in the first place? I know it's been going for a while. Listen, um, from the beginning, Mm -hmm. I didn't want to do it at all. Somebody else thought it'd be profitable to do it. And you did it for money. It's okay. No, I didn't do it. They did it for money. I had no idea Mm. they were getting money doing this. This is just me just getting off what cocaine binges and stuff and I said yeah you want me to do a podcast and for some reason they thought it was people that seen the podcast thought it was good yeah it is good you I'm seem on, so I'm free. on cocaine doing the podcast yeah. crazy drunk and they thought it was cool and so um oh my god I did this um was the animal medicine process I smoked the toad and um the toad was so interesting because I seen not even seen. I felt so much from from a God perspective. It's called a God molecule, mm-hmm. and um, it changed my whole perspective. I was ahead, I was three hundred pounds. I lost hundred pounds. I fought a nigga. I broke racket. It's weird shit has been happening to me. And stuff. Yeah. But um, I don't know why. I just you tried anything? That. Like... Oh, anything? Yeah. <laughs> My wife says the same thing. <laughs> My it. wife says the same thing. She said, man, I, I really respect you, daddy. You, you're not afraid. I said, you, what, you're afraid to do this stuff, baby? Come on. <laughs> I understand the process of dying. Yeah. And when you take the toad, you go through that process. And when you come back from that, I guess, the closest process you've been with dying, you realize that um, you start crying because this is a downer. Life mm. is a downer. Yeah. Ooh. Wow. Mike. Yeah, you didn't feel that before. That huh? was dark. You just yeah, went yeah. deep dark on yeah, that. Yeah, that was, that was different. <laughs> yeah, that was you. different. Wow. You seem very Let me hit it again. Let me hit it again. Let me hit it again. You don't want to feel this. This is, yeah, nasty stuff. You do, you do seem more free than I've ever seen you from the outside. I haven't yeah. been inside your life. But just from the outside watching you and stuff. And you seem like you're, I mean, you were in a bee costume. <laughs> dancing around comfortably, <laughs> and it was amazing. I guess um, I don't take myself serious. Yeah. And when I was a little, when I was a little kid in my teens and my twenties, doing what I had to do to be champion, I took myself too serious, mm-hmm. and I forgot when I retired they had to stop there. <laughs> and um, I just had to learn from my um, life lessons, but I never got off. I never stopped fighting. Yeah. Mm. That's what it's all about. What. No, never, death. Never stop. Death. That's not about fighting about Lisa. Oh, no. Oh, way that. to go, Mike. Hey. Get your phone. Get your phone. Your phone's phone. not where to go here. Do you like doing this podcast? Like, is this fun for you? Yeah. It's, um, I don't know. It's a, it's a weird form of power. Mm. You know, you can say, talk your shit. Nobody can say nothing back to you. They try to cancel you. And I say, no, fuck you. I cancel you. <laughs> It's like a fun sense of security. I can say I can talk about anybody. They better not fuck me. Like, oh, I'm God's here. Fuck you and this and that. Yeah, it's like being on stage. <laughs> <laughs>
But it's all about God, you know. God making a joke out of us. You know, we're his idiots. <laughs> we're God's idiots? Mm-hmm. I'd rather be his idiot than just be one of his children. <laughs> <laughs> well, he clearly loves you. Yeah. Yeah, he has to take, give me more, more time than the rest. So, Angie, who are some of your favorite interviews or most memorable interviews that you've had? Shit, that's so hard. You interviewed a lot of motherfuckers. Yeah, because I'm talking about thousands and thousands. I'm talking about when thousands. it first started before I interviewed, before a rap ever thought about being interviewed. No, that's the that's really what you said is real because a lot of people yeah. don't get that. It's like listen, no, when Mama I started, didn't know how to talk. Yeah. no, rappers weren't bite. doing. They weren't. They yeah. might do like a two. You might see like a two minute or a thirty second on like a rap. Uh, like a MTV yeah. special or like a, some of the local, like, you know, um, Ralph McDaniels, like those type of shows, oh, like, like local that. cable shows. Yeah, at the beginning stages. But long form interviews, this wasn't a, it really wasn't Listen, a thing. These guys are college graduates. These guys got Emmys and all this shit. These guys never seen the streets in their life. And yeah. this is what rap did. Yeah. This is what rap did to the world. Yeah. Everybody could be a part of it. Not yeah. just the motherfucking gangsters. They made it through the some they just made this is what gangsters own rap music. Mm -hmm. And it's everybody. The intellects have it, everyone has it. It's just It belongs to everyone. Yeah, now. Everyone. Yeah. It kinda makes me sad and I'm also happy. Because that's <laughs> hit the fact that it's not ours no more. It really you know, no. you know, but we had the pride when everybody thought it was ours. Not ours no more. Mm. It kind of is. I'm nah, still holding on. No, nah, that's in our heart. We want to believe that. In my that heart it is. I'm still yeah. holding on I a little too. bit. I do, too. I do, too. I'm still holding on a little bit. But, but yes, it, it's it the world. It just became bigger than us. You're like, it wow, is. I remember when it first started, everybody hated this stuff. Mm. But when I first started, I'm doing interviews on, we were like the first uh, commercial hip-hop radio station in New York at the time. So me doing these interviews was like, you know, I'm talking to like Group Home and Mob Deep mm -hmm. and you know, local, everybody was in New York. All the artists, you Facts. know, Wu-Tang was coming up. Yeah. And and then eventually, you know, the next generation was Jay and all those people were coming up. But, but you see how the, um, the styles changed, what people course. think about their goals? Everything changed. Everything. I think people were doing it just to do it, just to have, like, an outlet. Nobody was chasing a million dollars at the beginning because no. we didn't Cause even know a still, million dollars. They, they were still hustling. They were still hustling. We yeah. also didn't really understand how big it could be mm -hmm. at that time. It's like people did it for the love, which made it ours, and it made it special to us, and, we, you know, then when the money and the big business and all that shit, everything started changing, agendas started changing. Mm -hmm. It changed a lot. You know, we hip-hop's 50 years old. It should change. Guys, it's all about confidence when it's time for sex. Am I right? Sometimes stress, anxiety, or a bad day can affect your performance and ruin the fun for both of you. BlueChew.com to the rescue. BlueChew is a unique online service that can deliver the same active ingredients as Viagra, Cialis, but in chewable forms. And that's at a fraction of the cost. BlueChew's tablets help men achieve harder and stronger erections, men combat all forms of ED. Because Bluetooth is an online prescription service, there are no visits to the doctor office, no awkward conversations, no waiting in line in the pharmacy, and it ships right to your door in a discreet package. The process is simple. Sign up at bluechew.com, consult with one of their licensed medical providers, and once you're approved, you'll receive your prescription within days. The best part, it's all done online. Blue Chew licensed medical providers 
work with you to find the right ingredient and strength for your prescription. Don't like swallowing pills? No problem here. Blue Chew tablets are chewable. Blue Chew tablets are made in the USA, and they're prepared and shipped direct, so it's cheaper than the pharmacy. And here's a special deal for our listeners. Try Blue Chew free. Yes, I said free. When you use the promo HOTBOXING at checkout, just pay $5 shipping. Again, that's BlueChew.com. Promote code HOTBOXING to receive your first month free. Where were you the first time you heard rappers to like? Oh, I was in my grandmother, same woman. Mm. I was in her apartment in Washington Heights. My aunts were having a house party. I was supposed to be asleep. Yeah, I was in Spofford. You were? Yeah, and we heard it come out, we were listening to the What the fuck is that? Holy and how old shit. were you? You had to be like... <laughs> 11. It was 30, 29, 11 or oh, yeah, 12. Oh, yeah, yeah, Just 12, just turning 13, probably. I would have loved to know that, Mike. Uh, I was just, no, I was a scared little boy. I know, but I would have yeah. liked to know him. A scared little boy with a lot of jewelry, thinking I'm somebody. Badass. Snatching other people's jewelry and <laughs> stuff. Had my sheepskins and stuff. You're a secure little kid. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, God. 12 year old Mike. That's pretty cool. Always knew that I was going to be this guy, though. Yeah. Really? You know, I was young, yeah. Well, my friend. Oh, my friends are dying around me. It's new. <laughs> they knew, too. You know, I have this like category of people. Uh-huh. I was just thinking about this the other day. There's, like, people that are just, there's only one of them in the world. <laughs> it's like, you are one of those, like, there's only one Mike. It's like, there's only one Bobby Brown. There's only one DMX. Mm-hmm. There are certain people that hit the planet that are, it's like, you have demons and things you battle, yeah, but, but you're oh. also free. And you also, people just love you no matter what you do. It's crazy. Because they're authentically themselves. Is that what it is? Yeah. I, I don't know. I think we do what but people you, hide. But you do themselves. what people hide, yes. Yeah. Yes, that is. That We're going to die anyway. And we, feel, we care what people think about us after we die. I, I would not that. think that about you guys. What? That you care what people think about you. Not while we die. You know, who does? Oh, when you die, right? Yeah, no one cares about yeah, yeah, you yeah. And after you die. You know, it's just about how you feel about dying. That's the only freedom you have. You know, your own death, how you prepare your own death. Other than that, like, if you're in, doing life and have, um, you got to go to the electric chair, you can't even control your own destiny. I think it's dying controls your destiny. And I believe dying, the, per- the way a person dies, the way a person lives their mm-hmm. life. So they, so they live a wild life, they die wildly, they live yeah. a peaceful life, they'll die peacefully? And not necessarily the wildness. It's just another characteristic that's very small. You don't see it, but you think it's the wildness. Mm. Maybe it's him liking people too easy, alone down his guard, or maybe it's unprotected sex. Just things you'd never think about. Yeah. Uh, I never thought about that way. You just be sitting in the house thinking about all this stuff. Smoking, oh. smoking tree, <laughs> thinking about that. Smoking tree, thinking about that. Listen, if I take some mushrooms, I told my wife I was going to stop doing it. So so I started taking mushrooms, and um, for a moment you think, oh, God, I'm God, and these people are just here for my (laughs) entertainment. And then I run, baby, baby, I took some more. I'm sorry, I'm sorry. I told you I'm sorry. When your head starts going like that, you're God. I got to let me get the fuck out of here. And it, and it, and it um, puts you in that situation. It makes you feel mm-hmm. the surroundings cool. Yeah. Um, you have no fear of, of, of having, like, a bad trip or, like, a, um, 
or like um, or fear. doing something that you can't take back while you're under the. Of course I have the... fear. Of course I have fear. So you don't care about fear, right? You just yeah, do but it anyway. fear has to be your friend. Mm. You know, I mean? if you allow a friend to be your enemy, that's the biggest enemy in the world. Mm. I think everybody's born for a certain reason. Now, this all this, this conversation, this interview, this happened, this happened, um, you know, it was written already. Let's find out some more shit about you, too. For me? What do you want to know? Yeah. So, Why, what do you think about dying? Why does dying freak you out a little bit? It, no, it doesn't freak me out. Yeah. It doesn't freak me out. I don't want to do it. I want to have a long, full life. I pray for that, for me, for my family. But also, I think about we have to... Well, the thing happened with my grandmother. Also, I was in a horrible car accident about two and a half years ago. I'm sorry to hear that. It's okay. I'm fine. I'm, you know, I got a little, I I got a little cage in my spine. But otherwise, oh, you do? I was cage in my spine. What are you missing back there? I have no elbow. What happened to my my spine? They're gone. Are they gone? Are they just messed up? Oh, yeah. Oh, I have one missing. Yeah, that's crazy. Look at us. Look how much we have in common. Man, look, but we still kicking. <laughs> we still kicking, kicking ass. That's what I'm saying. So it didn't, still but it just ass. reminds you, like, shit ain't forever. And then we lost mad people in the past couple of years. Mm-hmm. And so I just start looking at, like, all this loss and thinking, all right, what, do, what am I chasing? What do I really give a shit about? Why mm-hmm. am I here? I just, the past three years, and then, you know, when you have an accident or you have something and you're forced to sit down, mm-hmm. you know. I'm a, I'm somebody who's Listen, moving, I had busy. To get my neck, my neck, that, what was the operation I had to do on my neck, mama? Oh man, I was so bad when I came to the barbershop. People saw me with that cage. Everybody, it just killed the mood. People were happy. Hey man, they saw me at the cage. <sighs> Nobody wants to party yeah. around the cage. Oh, Mike fucked up. They thought I was dying. They thought I had cancer. You know, I had a neck operation. They thought I had cancer. They were like, wow, Mike, fuck. You'll be all right. Yeah. <laughs> nah, that's real, though. I mean, anyway, so all those things mm-hmm. make me feel like, okay, let me just look at it. Let me not be afraid to look. Mm-hmm. Like, because the truth is, every single one of us is limited time here. We mm-hmm. all have expiration limited time. Date. We uh, all have an expiration date. We don't yeah. know if it's tomorrow, next year, 10 years. I hope for we me, 40, no, 50 years. Who no, knows? you're right. We, but we have to be aware of it. We don't ever look at it, right? And if we're aware of it, we make better decisions while we're here. We don't waste the life that we're here. Mm. We, Because if we forget we're going to go, Right? Then we're doing dumb shit, chasing shit. Oh, I gotta get that thing. Oh, they have that, I need that. Mm-hmm. But does any of that really matter? If you realize this is the one shot I got at this. This is my one time here. How do I so that having those a lot of those thoughts and, and that changing who I am a little bit at this time in my life made me feel like I wanna have convers- these type of conversations with people. And so then the um in real life podcast happened and you know, I thought Lauren was the first, perf- the perfect first guest because I-, I can't imagine the trauma. You know, I mean, everybody loses people they love, but we, I don't know, everybody felt, you know, we all love Nipsey Hussle, right? Yeah. We all love Nip. Mm-hmm. Watching her go through that. I and, agree. And she's so dope and she's figured out a lot of things and she has interesting concepts about love and relationships and death and, you know. Well, my, my opinion about that, I think love is everything. I think this is love. Everything. I think everything is Everything love. is love? Yeah. That's you know, for me. I, me smoking the drink. Oh, that's love. love. That's my address. It's for my love. <laughs> what about the cash, wet cashews? Oh, that's love, too. Okay. <laughs> it's just accident, but that's love, too. Accident. Accidental love. Everything is love. Yeah, I love, love that. See, that's a beautiful way to live your life. Like, you get to live the rest of your life with all that love in you. Somebody who doesn't think about that might not come, you know, they might you know what, not find that. know what else is love to me? Um, what? We at war, he has a gun, I have his bag, he has my bag, she has her bag. Love. Yeah. 
Oh, oh, <laughs> oh, Mike. That's cute. That's what it is. <laughs> she would say, we were talking about in, in the episode we did with Lauren, we were talking about how love, uh, relationships, mm. a lot of relationships are, are ego-based. Ooh, no way. Criteria-based. I got going to that. Criteria-based? Yeah. Really? That's the same criteria. That's my belief. If we don't have the same criteria, we have nothing to talk about. No, she meant it in a bad way. Like, Uh, it shouldn't be. But most people get into a relationship and it becomes about ego. Like, I love love you, so you got to... I, I, I got a possession. I got to have you. You're mine. Well, no, no, that's not. That's How not, does it that's make not me ego. feel? That's not ego. That's um, somebody that wants a slave other than a wife. You have to really um, say, hey, what do you want to get married for? What's my position? You know, you have to have conversations. Yeah, but don't you think a lot of times you want somebody that fills you for yourself? Like, like if you take you out of the equation or kick you, like when you meet someone, you. What do they do for you? How do they make you feel? Yeah. How do they serve my life? Exactly. That's a little... And they could be 300 pounds or they could be 16 pounds. <laughs> but isn't that, isn't that about ego? That's like possessing someone. That's no, not just letting no, it's somebody... it's not about ego. It's about um, lack of self-love and insecurity. Okay. And trying to have somebody fill, fill that up for you? No, he fills them up by him believing he's special that she's beneath him. So mm. she'll do that for you? No, I'm not saying sh- I'm doing nothing. Me and my wife work as a team, but I'm just saying some people, because yeah. I was that guy before, you know, put, uh, we allow our masculinity to get caught up in a woman. Mm-hmm. Mm. And then you have problems because you believe that you own her. She no longer can have a conversation with nobody. She can no longer make a, a business deal with this fucking guy right here. Fuck that you know guy. I mean? Our kids are going to starve to death because she can't fucking... Talk to whatever other nigga that was here. She can't go behind her to talk and talk to a guy about a fucking business plan. And that's and, not ego? Huh? That's no, that, not ego? That's insecurity. Okay. No, ego, ego um, ex, ex, um, it expels you to great things, ego. Ego mm. don't fight nobody over some bullshit. That's control. Mm-hmm. My ego's not going to fight my wife over a man. My ego's not gonna do that. My ego's gonna. It might for some men. No. You gonna do that, Mike? Uh-huh. I think some men. No. Uh, definitely. Can, can you explain why? I'm just curious. I, no. I, I would think that ego would be a thing that could stop that. That's not your ego. That, that would have to be my natural instincts. Mm. Your ego wants to want you to suffer. Your ego wants you to say, "Fuck that bitch. You got billions of bitches." Mm. Oh my god. You want to deal with the ego. You want to deal with the ego. That's the ego say. My instinct says that um, someone has to die. No, that's not okay, Mike. No, that's okay in my way of my thinking of life. Yeah. Yeah. My ego is nothing compared to my I never realized it's such a hell. Yeah. You are I'm, a fascinating human. No, I'm the real deal. No, I know, I know. I'm, I'm the clear. real deal, sister. I, he keeps I'm it, he so keeps it above 50 at all times. At all, all times. Time. At all my time. wife is my life. You pick good. She's a great one. I don't, you know. No, nah, she's just what it is. Yeah. You know? No, she's, that, that, she's yeah, a real Are you married? One. Yeah. 
Oh, you met my, you met Aranda. We did dinner. Yes, Remember we, we went to Philippe's? Me, you, and Kiki. And I forget Chandelier Drive. But that was like many show. years ago. <laughs> Shit. We had a that was that was a classic double date. How night. was it? How was it? Tell, yeah, it talk was about fantastic. It. Uh, it's me and Aranda, mm -hmm. and then uh, Mike and Kiki, and mm -hmm. we're at the uh, uh, Philippe's, mm -hmm. and we're Fucking sitting. Philippe. We're sitting at a, a table that's not a uh, hidden. It's not a private room. We're oh. like in the middle of the restaurant. And Kiki's sitting at the end, and Mike's sitting here, and, and everybody wants to say hi to Mike. Mm. Mike is like, you can't go anywhere with Mike. Nah. He's not the normal celebrity where people go, oh, that's such and such, and they yeah. keep it going. People say Mike, and they have to, they want to talk to you. They want to tell you that, like, you are, you don't blend in in a room. Like, everybody wants the Anyway, you know. so people are, like, leaning over Kiki to try to say hi to Mike. Mm -hmm. And she was very gracious most of the time and very nice. There were a couple of ladies that came over. And me, I'm looking at her. She's looking at me she like, is this okay? This. Oh. <laughs> I don't know. Listen, um, this is before we go out. Now, Mike, please don't, don't let these ladies hug you. So, Mike, please be nice. Please keep your hands to yourself. Please talk nice to people. <laughs> oh, we go through the whole thing before we come out. Mm -hmm. It's a lot that comes with this life. Oh, yes, But it, it was is. fun. We had a good time. Yes, it is. Good. We ate good. And it was and it was, it was was fun. Well, I don't mean a good time. I love Kiki. And, I, you know. And Mike's Mike, so it was a, it was a fun night. So what made and you know, Ronde's from Brooklyn too, so he, you know, he, he immediately what, off top it, got love he, for what you. What does he think about you going to the psychic part of your podcast? Because we ain't talking about the death. That's pretty much well, that's just the mystic. Not, that's the just mystic. a couple of the episodes. The, yeah. the podcast is called In Real Life, so it's just real yeah. life shit that we think about, talk about. Mm -hmm. It's Edge Martinez in Real Life podcast, and so the first couple of episodes are about that. But then it goes into other How about relationships? Yeah, relationships, yeah. parenting, all types of stuff. I just, I'll save, save some of this for my, for my podcast, mm -hmm. but I had a, um, I just recently found a, a father that I thought was dead. Mm. Who is not. Those are the best ones. In fact, not dead. <clears throat> How do you feel about that? At <clears throat> first I felt um, fascinated and interested, and I never felt anger towards him because he was... He was on. He was a drug addict, right? He had, mm. was a heroin addict, um, and so I haven't seen him since I was ten years old. We thought he died, didn't die. He healed, recovered, has a whole new family. Mm -hmm. And so for a long time, I was like, oh, he was just a drug addict. He had troubles, you know. I gave him that. Mm -hmm. I wasn't angry. My fucking father left. He did. I didn't have that anger. I just had sympathy for his condition. Mm -hmm. But when I found out he was alive, I was like, good. I, still, I'm like, good for him. He, he made it. He survives. He looks good. He looks fit. He's on a boat in some of these pictures I yeah, found. I'm like, okay. wow, and this guy has a life. And it's half of me. Half of me. I'm going to tell you the twist to this story, though, Mike. And I'm going to do a whole episode on it, but uh, then I have the accident. I'm going to reach out. We're going to make contact. We're going to, you know, then I have the accident, and I'm like, I ain't ready to do nothing right now. So I sat down for a couple of years, let it sit. Then when I'm going to get the Radio Hall of Fame, I have to fly to town. He lives 20 minutes away from oh. the, where the Radio Hall of Fame is. Oh, it's meant to So be I off. think I'm going to go get my award. I'm going to go have Starbucks with this man. Mm -hmm. He's going to tell me all the things that I didn't know happened, and we're going to have this moment. So uh, we called, and he um, wasn't feeling well and wanted to call back when he was feeling better and told his wife that, yeah, I, I may have a daughter. I'm not sure. That man knows he had a daughter. I was in his life. He was 10 years old. Um, and never called back. Never heard from him again. Some people can't face themselves. Some people can't face it. But then all of a sudden, Mike, I was like, um, I went from like this compassionate, like, that was the first time I had anger. Like, mm -hmm. 
You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. the first time I, really, I felt any anger about I never about felt that. that way about my parents. I just knew this is my life. What do you mean? Like, my parents weren't together. I thought that's how it was. Women are not supposed to have a husband. <clears throat> most, most, of my, most, most of my friends didn't have um, fathers either. Unless their father lived and went away and stuff. But what did but, you think uh, about that? Did you ever... I thought that's was life. Yeah. Yeah, I never thought anything else about it. I was just a mama's boy. And that's, Me too. I was yeah, raised single but, mother in Brooklyn. Yeah, I was fine. Was. I didn't feel anything. I missed anything. I didn't think. But it was just more like... Uh, you know, you think you have, you, you think you know your life in your head, mm -hmm. and then one day you're like a grown ass woman, and you're like, oh shit, that's not what happened to my life, and that man is not what I thought he was. Yeah, you and can't um, live your life and exam, you, you, and examine the world simultaneously. You yeah. know, you're anyway, standing, as it goes on, it goes on. I'm fine. Yeah, it's been yeah. written already. But it definitely shifted. Like if I was a fight, if I knew how to fight, I, I might have went to the. The, I might have went into the hit a bunch of punching bag after that conversation a little bit. If I had hands, that's, that might have been the outlet I chose. Just, to. You know, in life, um, the older we get, the closer we get to our, our parents, our mother and father. It would be there longer than our kids would be closer to us. It's just, um, that's who we are in life. Um, we die and God creates. Mm. And that's just it. You really thinking about this? <laughs> no, um, I examined it. I yeah. don't think about it. I examine it. Yeah. I know when I go, I'm gonna go with dignity. Mm -hmm. That's what life is all about. I'm going. Oh, we gotta win it. And that's not what it's about. He's, he's fighting all this beautiful pleasure that he's about to see. Mm. That's a nice way to think about it. Yeah, because yeah. the only thing that you reason you don't want to die because you miss this. This is what you would miss. You, we talk about this, we say this is, is bullshit, it? but we would miss, this is what you're going to miss. So if you die, this? This, this is what you're not going to see no more. People. Nah. people. Oh, people, people. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I would miss the people, my yeah. people. That would be what I would miss is most is my people, yeah. But when I was under that, um, told, you don't listen. You what is even, this? Tell me what this is. Uh, you smoke it? Yes, you do smoke it. I didn't even know you smoked it. Huh? Yes, you do. And, it's a, and it has a close connection with God. Once you inhale it, you hold it for like 10 seconds. And my wife could explain it to you. She's done it quite a few times. Anything that improves me, I give to my family. Mm -hmm. So that helped me. So I gave it to my family, my daughter, and my son for some reason. Last week said, hey, one more try to toad. Because I give it to everyone I love. Is it like a small dose, like a micro dose, or it's like a real dose? You like... could micro dose, but I take yeah. the full blast. Yeah. Because I want to experience God's presence. Mm. What's the wildest shit that ever happened? For me, yeah. just to watch some shit. One, well, it really wasn't that wild because I think my, a friend of ours tried it. And then after he tried it, his girlfriend tried it. And she just got up running and screaming. It was almost like a church revival kind of thing. But it was a good thing. It was positive energy. You know, and, um, <laughs> and no, listen, we laughed, but that... Um, I would love to see it. I want to just witness... It's nothing funny. It's just really a spiritual moment. Really? And everybody, um, everyone loves each other. Don't you need a shaman? Yeah, you need someone with you, right? Yes, when you do we always have a shaman. We always have a shaman. And that's supposed to, like, protect you from... I don't know. It's just that, um... You guides need, the, he guides the experience. Yes, yeah. yes. But it all comes down to you and your relationship with the universe. Uh-huh. I saw yeah. Will Smith talk about this recently. Really? Tell me about that. I saw Will Smith talking about this, saying that, ooh, it was kind of weird. We're going to go back to that. He was saying that 
he was worried about Willow and screaming and the, the sham and, Ooh, and all you worry these. About wild, the you worry about First your family. Worry about your family. Willow was family. screaming and this was happening. Mm -hmm. All this stuff and he couldn't control it. And the shaman told him, "Just it's just go. Relax. It takes you. It's It'll okay. Take you. Yeah, go." And for he it. said, when he came out of it, what he realized is that he's going to be fine no matter what happens in his life. Mm -hmm. No death. No. No, tra no tragedy, anything could happen in his life and he would be fine because it was almost he like he had experienced it. This is what I got from his, I don't want to speak for Will Smith. I'm not a Will Smith spokesperson <laughs> in any way. But it was an interview I saw him say that and I thought it was interesting. I could believe that. Yeah, that was interesting. So then I he had like that. less fear of, was it Letterman? Maybe it was the David Letterman interview I saw well, that. Listen, yeah. the, um, the first book ever written in life, the Epic, uh, epic of Gilgamesh, Mm, yeah, half man, half god. And it was just based on being afraid, being afraid to die. Mm -hmm. The first book ever. It was just being afraid to die, and that's everybody's fear. Yeah, was, but wasn't Gilgamesh yeah. half man, half god? Half man, half god. Yeah, but he can die. But he did end up. Yeah, he can he die. But he, it's okay. At first, mm -hmm. he went crazy about it, but he, he accepted it. Mm. So uh, since we're on this topic, obviously, I read that you had. Oh, I, was you had the last interview with Pop Smoke before? Yeah. Before he passed? Mm-hmm. Um, what do you think with, obviously, you know, Nipsey, Pop, um, just in general in the industry with that, like, what are your thoughts with that and how can we probably help with that, you know? I mean, you let Mike tell it. It's everybody's time is when everybody's time comes. But that was tragic and unfortunate because when we talk about people who, like, Sometimes I sit across from somebody and I'd be like, oh, this person's a star. Mm -hmm. I could I could feel that. You feel energy. You know what I'm yeah, saying? Yeah, you know yeah. what I'm saying? Like, you sometimes... You, and it was my first interview back after I had had this car accident. I wasn't really doing interviews yet. They were like, Pop Smoke wants to come up. And I was like, I'll show up for that. I still have my back brace. Mm -hmm. I'm still fucked up. Like, mm -hmm. But I went, and I'm so grateful I did because we had this amazing conversation that now is part of his history and his legacy because he has that on on the books and I got to know him and and then he passed like right after that and that shit fucked me up because I don't know I just saw so much uh, potential potential yeah potential in him and um I liked him I just liked him I was mm -hmm. like he's dope I was rooting for him mm -hmm. and it's just unfortunate man you know it's unfortunate people don't have respect for life people took somebody took his life like that um but yeah, it's sad, man. It's sad when that happens. There's yeah. lots of people I've talked to over the years that are no longer here. You know, it's not... It's always sad when you lose somebody that's... Yeah, you know, and it's going to always be sad, but... It's always going to be sad. Yeah, it's going to always be sad. But, you know, I was glad to be able to... For myself, uh, selfishly, I was glad that I had that time with him because I actually liked him. I got to know him. But also, I'm, I'm happy to have helped to tell his story. For sure. You know, I think that interview got circulated a lot after he passed, and I think... Um, I'm grateful to have had, you know, a little hand in helping to tell his story while he was here. Mm -hmm. and, How uh, old was he? He was a kid, wasn't he? Yeah, he was 20. He's young. I don't want to say the wrong age. He's very he's young. He's 20. Young, 20s, yeah. yeah. My age, he's in the 20s. My age, yeah, my age. <sighs> I know, terrible, right? Mm -hmm. Ready to go. So he had, he had all that Done young it. Brooklyn, like... Didn't even know he was alive. 20, 25. He was ready to 20s. get it all. Mm -hmm. He was. Yeah. But you have to look at this. What was all... To him, what is yeah. all? Maybe he got it all, clearly, right? Yeah. Depends I mean, on what is all. And what does all mean? Yeah. But, but now, seeing that potential pop, how do you, I guess, not 
compare? But yeah, how do you compare the new school with the old school? Like, do you like like do you like the up and coming stuff, or are you always kind of? I like some are you new always... shit. I like I don't like some. I, same thing with old shit. Some I don't like all the old. My shit. listen's only old school. You do only play. 90s, do you really only play eighties and? 90s. So you don't like nothing new? Oh yes, I do like oh. I like um. Carly Bay and all those guys. Oh, yeah, you know, yeah, Like, yeah. um, Homegirl from, um, Nicki Minaj. All those rappers. Yeah. Those yeah. She like Doja Cat? You tell me you, you think Doja's she's Doja's dope. Yeah, Lotto. she is bomb. I like Lotto a lot, too, of the yeah, girls. Yeah, I think, I think girls have more power in the rap industry than they ever had. Yeah, I'm really happy where the women are right now. Because yeah. we had a period we was crickets. It was like none of us. It was like a mm-hmm. small handful of women, and now yeah. it's really, like, it's starting to really flourish. So you see, um... Like if you I mean, I came a up a rapper like Izzo, right? The, the Izzo, Izzo, oh, Izzo? Lizzo? Lizzo. Lizzo. Yeah. She's paid up the ass. Yeah, <laughs> she's paid up the she's ass. Yeah. Yeah. But think about back in the day, I came up. You know, we did ladies' night. I'm, I'm coming up in a time we had Missy, Kim, mm-hmm. Brat, mm-hmm. Left Eye. It was just like a, a, different, whole, a whole different. And everybody was different. The lyrics, we literally throwing hard lyrics. Mm-hmm. Right now, it's all about the beat and all. Hey, and nah, there's some girls still spinning mm-hmm. lyrics, mm-hmm. but it now. took time. Malata? It took time. When you listen, I you love Lotto. She, I think she's 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 Nikki spits. I mean, you know, there's only around four or five girls that's really spitting. Cardi? Tweety. Oh, no, Megan. Tweety, whatever. Megan Thee Stallion, really? There's, there's Megan always... Megan's talking her shit. I have, my own, I have my own ladies crew. <laughs> who, who is your lady? Who's your, who's your, who's your, who's your, who's your favorite female rapper of all time? My favorite of all time? Yes. Or rapper. Female rapper. No, female rapper. Who I'm going to go with, like, if... See, I'm an old school guy. I'm going to go with people like Kim and stuff. I yeah. like Kim and Eve and that kind of yeah. stuff. Mm. Yeah. Fox. Yeah, definitely that kind of stuff. They tough, though. They tough. Foxy's Foxy don't get enough uh, praise. Ooh, in the she was vicious back in Foxy's the day, right? Foxy's tough. tough. Yes, for sure. I just, um... I just don't see why people take it too personal. Back then, it was really violent when you took it. But rappers now, we should just think about this is the way we can make money. Mm-hmm. This should just be a game. It's too late to be um, a gangster. Like a, like a show, putting on a show. Yeah, mm-hmm. it's too late to be a gangster in this. Mm-hmm. We already did that. We have to evolve and do some other shit. Let's yeah. act like we don't like each other. Shoot cats at each other and make yeah. more money or some push, whatever. Yeah, I'm mean, yeah. just talking crazy. Yeah. It's all about helping each other, making money together. Mm-hmm. You know, the fighters don't understand it. They look at it from a personal perspective. Fuck them, they hate them. But no, we're feeding each other's family. Mm-hmm. If I fight this guy, I'm not going to make that kind of money. I fight this guy, we're going to eat for a long time. Yeah. Could you do that? Do what? Like, could you fight somebody and then, like, be cool with them? Now yeah. I could. But when you were fighting, could I you? wasn't smart enough to understand the process of uh-huh. not being that beast all but the would time. Would you have been as dope of a fighter if you were friendly with... The somebody you were fighting. Hell no. Maybe no. Maybe no. not. Maybe not. Right. But listen, it's just it's just a smarter move now than when I was fighting. Yeah. yeah. Fighters are smarter now. Yeah. I think it's different though, cause with football, cause I play I play football. Uh-huh. With with me, it's kind of like, I really can't be fr- like at least in my perspective, I really can't be friends with the people I'm going against. Like. Just because it's such a violent sport. And I feel like the difference between boxing and football is like boxing, y'all, y- like, y'all are your own entity. So y'all get, they're getting paid for their own stuff. As in, in football, it's a team. So, yeah. like, 
you can't really work together. Well, to, I think like, there's two types better. of ways people get motivated, right? And so, I, you know, I used to work with Flex for many years. Flex and Flex, the so Funk Master Flex used to always need an enemy. He needs somebody he could talk <laughs> he shit about. Was he a Capricorn? I don't, I don't think so, because I'm a Capricorn. So Flex used to need somebody to talk shit about on the radio mm -hmm. in order to fire him up. I, I would say, I was like, wow, that really does something for him. <laughs> it gets him going. Yeah. Me, if My somebody's... My the same way. If somebody's... If I got bad energy to somebody, yeah. it doesn't inspire me. It mm. almost... It slows me down. It, okay. it, it, it distracts me from what I need to do. It's not... It, it doesn't fuel me. Like, some people need an enemy to be fueled. Some people get distracted by an enemy. Mm -hmm. I'm a distracted by an enemy type of person. Yeah, you know, I don't get distracted. I'm really? There. Me? If, if, me, if oh, I would you. never get distracted. No, because you needed an enemy. You need an enemy. You need no, it. no, you don't. Um, you would think that in fighting. That's the whole thing. Fighting is funny. You would think that I hate that guy, that guy hate me. And it's not. It's just all about spirits. Who's the smartest? I'm nothing personal against the guy. Nothing's personal. Everything's objective. You weren't always like that, Mike. No, uh, that's, the, that's the discipline that I project that I'm really hating this guy. Mm. So everybody come buy tickets. You think I'm really a beast, monster, animal? That's what they pay for. I'm like that way all the time. Huh. It's some of the time. Brad, I got to get fuck? gifts for my podcast. You got to you gotta present you don't do that? the gifts. I need to, no. You got to present but I only, the gifts. I've only done a couple episodes. You should come to be on my podcast. I would love to be on your podcast. Will you? You okay. can get this stuff at hotboxing.com. Thank you. Now we got to do some reading shit. Hotboxing.store. Hotboxing. Let's see what size you gave me. Medium. Perfect. Oh, and these are cute colors. Thank okay, you, guys. Okay. Okay. So, best rapper ever. Yes, best rapper. Who are your top five? Who are your top five oh, best rapper ever? Oh, I hate this ever? question. This is a can't... terrible, stupid question. Why do you Why ask me this? You guys question? are better than this. No, why is that a crazy question? You guys are better because than this. Because this guy that has been successful for 15, 20 years, yeah. but this one nigga has this one son that lasts all his life. That's, that's true. Okay, yeah, okay. but then also, it changes all the time. Yeah. Like sometimes, I mean, listen, in the, you know, Big J. Yeah. I always go like this. Who your favorite? During your, your time, who's the favorite? If you chill in the crib, or that's you what I'm saying. Out, you yeah, I'm listening you... to Jay. I'm listening to Big. Those are my favorites, Nas. But you know, but then there's times where I'm want to listen to brand Nubians all weekend. Mm. See, I can't feel that. That's my wife. My wife, I can't get into the brand Nubians. I love brand Nubians. Yeah. I think they're the most one, most underrated rap group. intellectual and shit. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Grand they want you to be nice to people. They're one of the most underrated people. rap groups of all time, I think. But you know, there's all time. They're like Depends a Canadian rap group. No matter whatever you do to them, they say sorry. You know, they're really nice Intellectual, but you call them Are you Afrocentric me? guys. Brand Nubians? No way. Brand Nubians is pro black. All they doing I is know, 5 but and. It's not just Neo. I know, Neo sport, Neo black. I don't no, know. No, you have them. We're going to sit and listen. You and I. Yeah. When you okay. come to my podcast, we're going to sit and thumb through um, Brand Nubians. <laughs> Brand Nubians talk about. Um, what are they talking about? Uh, the lady. What's that lady? Miss no. Fat Booty, what's her No, name? that's oh. most deaf. See, you're confusing. <laughs> they are the same. Listen, no, confusing. it's not well, the same. It's not the same. Guys, I think we're on the time. Christina. Oh, that's my bullshit, God. man. We gotta get Christina. We got brand new beings confused with most deaf. No, but shit, we're talking about who's most deaf down with. You don't like direction, boy. Mike Tyson do not like No, I do like direction. Right. I just don't like the way she gives them to me. <laughs> <laughs> All right, All right so before, before we even close out, yeah. is there anything you like to say to the 
to the people that are watching. I have so many millions. Yeah, over five hundred. So many millions. What's up, everybody? Well, I have a new podcast. You can check out my podcast too. Thank you for having me on your podcast. I'm on the radio as well. I'm writing. I'm, you know, I got projects coming out. Documentaries coming. Just look for all that shit, and and you know, and I don't know what else. Did you know Hector Camacho? I met him. I didn't. I don't know him well. But, of course, I know who he is. Yeah, for sure. Well, there you have it, folks. This is Hot Boxing. That's Mike Tyson. Of Iowa. The voice of New York. Edge Martinez. Thank you, millions. Thank you, millions. I would do this. Yeah, man, you just millions and hundreds of millions, tens of millions. Hundreds of millions, billions of you watching. Hello, everyone. I'm so excited. Uh, you can follow me. Up. Usually, I post everything on my socials. So if you want anything, need to contact anything, go to uh, at Angie Martinez. All right, peace. <laughs> Love, guys. <laughs> 